Welcome to this mini-series called Sustainable Saturday with me, Bianca Foley. In this series, I'll be discussing sustainability in the fashion space. There are four episodes to listen to ahead of season six of Sustainably Influenced, which is coming very soon. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Onesta founder Gabriella Diana about the disparities between definitions of sustainability in the fashion industry. Onesta is a Welsh brand that provides high-quality, timeless clothing for men and women that is ethically made in the UK. Their collections are thoughtfully designed and made to be loved for a lifetime. Let's have a listen. So, Gabriella, thank you so much for joining me today for Sustainable Saturday. Um, this has been a very long one. We've been trying to organise and get something in the diary. So, could you tell us a little bit about Onesta? <laughs> where did it? Where did the idea come from? Uh, yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan, so I'm really glad that we've organised it. Um, yep, so Anesta, um, it does actually mean honest. Um, it's a blend of uh, my Italian and Welsh heritage, so that's where Anesta came from. Um, we're a slow fashion brand that's based in South Wales, and we make small collections of men and women's clothing, and we focus on making really timeless classics that never really go out of style. Um, the focus is away from the trends and actually producing quality pieces that can sit in your wardrobe. Um, and because they're made to a really high standard, you can just wear them time and time again. And um, we actually only launched in December uh, last year, so December 2020, so we are very new. Pandemic baby. <laughs> Pandemic baby, all the way. Um, yeah, so I mean, why did I start on Esther? Um, I think there's a few reasons. I think a lot of things happen in your life that kind of uh, sometimes bring you to the moments that you, uh, those key moments. Um, I think, so it's a number of things. Um, so once I did a master's in international development and for my final project, I was really focused on looking at how you could alleviate poverty um, by instead of actually necessarily donating money to communities, actually working with women in those communities to help them to um, enhance their skills because you, you've got some amazing um, skilled women across the world who are incredibly talented but actually harnessing that and giving them skills then to take it from um, just being a sort of a local artisan uh, sort of one to one maker to actually having a little business and then creating a micro enterprise there in their local community which could then help other people as well um, and i think that really stuck with me that actually those micro entrepreneurial businesses are so important and then a few years ago i then set up an animal welfare charity um, and that was amazing um, and we were working quite a lot in Romania and then because of my work there I was meeting lots of different people and connecting with lots of different people on social media and and I started to meet um, actually some garment workers and started to talk to them and started to learn actually they were suffering from horrible abuses in the factory um, awful hours low pay and again I suppose my naivety and it's funny because it happens in the UK as well, but you would think that because it's part of the EU that there are some form of workers' rights, um, and that's not the case. And obviously we know that at the moment uh, with the scandals in Leicester. Um, so I think that 
also then really struck a chord. So those two things combined um, really played a big part. And then I started to do a lot more research into the fashion industry um, because I used to buy fast fashion, you know, I, I did. Um, and I looked into it and I started to sort of follow Livia Firth and Lucy Seagull and people. And, you know, obviously the True Cost movie, I think was hugely impactful on me personally. So that was like a combination. And then um, I moved back to South Wales after living in London and um, our community in South Wales, uh, there was a lot of ma manufacturing happening here. Load of garment manufacturing. Yeah, so Dewhurst was here. I, um, was, I was actually really shocked because I knew that Wales had a lot of manufacturers and like factories back in the day. Yes. But I was writing a few articles a few months ago. And when I was doing my research, I was like, no, this is astounding. Why have we not brought this back? So it's good to see that you guys are doing that. Absolutely. Um, I mean, when Dewhurst factories closed down, tens of thousands of people lost their jobs. And there's just nothing really to go into. So you've, you've got a few brands like Hyatt Denim who have been brilliant, you know. But actually, I mean, nowhere near what we, you know, the capacity of what Dewhurst was. And then so people are either working in perhaps small bridal couture shops, or they've just completely lost their skills and just had to go and find jobs elsewhere doing whatever they can. And, you know, it's really sad. And we've also got loads of universities around in Wales that do fashion. And you've got graduates who can't then stay in Wales. They have to go to Manchester or to London or, you know, and, and I think it was just a combination of it all. And I thought, hang on a second, this is ridiculous. Um, and so for me personally, it was all of those experiences really pushed me. And I think with lockdown then as well, I really just had the, I'm going to do it. I'm going to set up a fashion brand that actually I believe in, that has the same ethics um, that I believe in. And actually that's creating employment and doing things right here in South Wales. So that's really where it started. I love that because it's um we were talking obviously before we were recording and we were just saying that the lockdown has really made it made so many people come to their kind of their actualization and their realization of what it is they really want to be doing so it's fantastic that you've done that um it sounds really I it's funny like we I didn't know that much about the brand beforehand and I've been doing some reading and stuff and the more that I'm reading I'm like oh wow this is something really different. And especially because you do both men's and women's clothing, that's something that I've not seen so much of in the sustainable, the ethical fashion sphere. So it's really commendable in that sense. But you're, you mentioned that one of the core values of the brand or that the name means honest, and that is one of your core values. So you say that it's honesty, collaboration, commitment, and hope. Why did you choose these pillars when starting the business? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So I think um, one of the biggest issues that I've got with the fashion industry is the huge amount of deception that we've got in it, um, you know, in terms of the marketing. And like I said, I used to shop um, fast fashion, you know, and I think people have got no idea until more recently, and even then I think it's still a lot is covered up, about the amount of toxic chemicals that are used in our clothing, um, about the amount of water that's needed to make our clothes about how toxic waste is just deposited in the lakes and the rivers. And I think all of these things, you know, and people don't realize as well when they get things like sequins and, you know, that's been made in places, factories abroad, 
they probably had children making them because they've got smaller, nimbler fingers, you know. And I think we just have such a disconnect between uh, the clothes that we buy and the people who make them. So, I mean, for us, it's about really trying to um, be transparent about the industry as well as our brand. So really actually bringing people's attention to the fact that, you know, um, the marketing um, on you know that you get online on the TV it's all about uh, you, you know you must have the latest trend because you'll feel so much better about yourself and um, Love Island you know you've got to wear what the Love Island uh, folk are wearing and because your self esteem will be huge if you wear this dress and it's just it's just nonsense you know I think it's really trying to like bring back actually no your self-esteem and your confidence comes from within. And actually you don't need to be buying clothes that are made poorly to sort of boost your confidence. So we've got that sort of emotional side. And then we've got the fact that actually we're really transparent then. Um, so I try and like live and breathe uh, the brand and in my everyday life as well. But it's really important to me that people see how we make the clothes. So, um, you know, we actually do video recordings of us designing, um, doing all the pattern cutting, doing the sampling, and actually really showing people um, what goes into making some clothes. And we also try and do a cost breakdown as well. So I think people just, you know, sustainable fashion is more expensive because we're actually paying the true value of a garment. Um, and just trying to break that down for people so that they can really see why it costs what it does. Um, so that's why transparency for us is just so important. And then I think when I look at sort of the collaboration side, um, for me, it is so important that people actually in the business at work together. So, you know, there are other ethical businesses that are just doing brilliantly. Um, I know you obviously interviewed uh, Sophie from Birdsong, Sophie Slater from Birdsong. You know, they are an amazing brand. And I think what they're doing is excellent. And for me, I would much rather we work collectively together to have a bigger voice because I would prefer that somebody doesn't buy from Anesta but goes and buys from Birdsong or they don't buy from Anesta and they go and buy from Riley Studio. But actually what I don't want is somebody to not buy from Anesta then go and buy from River Island. Let me, I was going to say, let me unmute myself, but um, yeah, I totally get what you mean because there is that sense of collaboration and I've seen it so much in the ethical fashion movement that I think there is this real real sense of, and I will say the majority of the brands that I know are led by, by women. And there is this sense of sisterhood where it's that idea that, all right, if you're not buying from me, as long as you're supporting another ethical brand, we're happy. Exactly. It's, there's something so refreshing about it because traditionally you look at the fashion industry, everybody is about sell, sell, sell their numbers, their KPIs and all of this. And, that's not what it should be anymore. And I do think, and I'm really hoping that in the next five, five to 10 years, who knows, that most of these fast fashion brands will start to change or will make that change to become ethical and to reduce their quantities. Cause that's the other thing. It's just, as you were saying that, all I kept thinking about was the mass produced item and the volume. And that's where I think the biggest issue has come from and where and how we've got ourselves into this big bloody mess, to be honest with you. We are in a mess, you know, and we think about the fact that the IPCC report has just come out. You know, we've got this code red for humanity, but is it going to slow down Pretty Little Thing? Is it going to slow down Boohoo? Probably not. Um, and all like all we can do is, you know, 
probably most people haven't heard of Vanessa because we are so new. So our voice isn't going to be that loud. But by working with other people um, like yourselves, other brands that are ethical, you know, other um, sort of far, uh, slow fashion influencers, you know, together we have a bigger voice and I think can actually really um, try and appeal for change. So that's why collaboration is really important. And I mean, at the moment, we're also collaborating with, um, well, we formed a coalition with Friends of the Earth, um, Repair Cafe Wales, Suspash Wales, and it's called, um, it's the Sustainable Clothing and Textile Cymru. So um, that's as well about kind of um, activities that really appeal for change, um, really trying to connect with the public and encourage them to think about how their clothes are made. Um, and then we've also got some other collaborations going on as well. So for example, where um, in September, as part of Sustainable Fashion Week, we've got a two-day event. So it's an exhibition showing the journey of a pair of jeans. Um, and then we've also got a sustainable catwalk uh, show. But we've invited other brands and I've invited other small fashion brands to come because it's not competition. It's actually about supporting each other and actually really creating something exciting that people want to be a part of. So um, yeah, collaboration is so important. I am behind you 100% with that. Um... I mean, for us, we don't have a marketing budget. I mean, that, you know, because we've done this purely from my savings. Um, I happen to sell my house and I've been <laughs> put my savings into this business. We, we don't have investors. Um, and because it was in COVID that we launched, there weren't even sort of the business grants. Um, so I just had to do it based on savings. Um, and, you know, it's really scary, actually, because sort of selling your house and putting everything into this. But, um, it's exactly that. And we just have to be so careful. But we don't have the big budgets that others do. And I think, but it goes back to supporting each other and being able to shout about it through each other, really. Um, and then, yeah, so in terms of sort of commitment as well, I think for us, um, one thing that sort of really, um, really irritates me actually um, about the industry is the fact that the amount of greenwashing. And I think so many brands, um, and this is the big fast fashion brands, but it's also some smaller brands as well that aren't ethical, but they're just smaller. But um, they might do one thing that sort of says, right, I've made it from organic cotton, therefore I'm sustainable. And just because you've ticked one box does not mean you are a sustainable brand. This has been an ongoing conversation between myself and a few other people for a very long time. It's, I think for me, when I first started getting into this space and trying to be better, I didn't know about the world of brands that were out there. And I didn't know who to trust because as you said, you used to shop fast fashion. I used to shop fast fashion religiously. So I know that I've added to the problem and I didn't know where to go. And a lot of the brands that I was seeing and the brands that I trusted were places like H&M. And I'd go in there and I saw, oh, ethical cotton or ethical cotton initiative or we're trying to be sustainable or like, and all yeah. these things. I thought that was the best place for me to start. Yeah. And that's where I, that's where I did start. But now where I'm not shopping or I'm not really buying anything at all, or if I am buying something, it, even if it isn't from necessarily a sustainable brand, it's got to be something that I'm going to have until I'm 95. That's when I'm looking at it. Um, I'm, I'm finding that now the sustainable brands are within my reach. They're the only brands that I want to shop with because yes. my mindset has changed and I've gone on that journey and it's nice to go on that journey. 
A hundred percent. I mean, because I think we're a bit, we must sometimes sound a bit backwards because we say buy less, but it's like that whole buy less, but buy better. And when I think back to, you know, when I used to shop fast fashion, I'd probably spend, you know, 150 pounds, but I would just have a huge amount of stuff. Um, whereas now it's about, well, actually save your money and wait until you need something mm-hmm. and then buy something that's actually going to last you. And yeah. then you suddenly realize that sustainable fashion is within your reach. It's just your mindset that's changed. Yeah, you know? I mean, obviously there is the idea of accessibility and it not being affordable to the masses because there is there is still that 100%. disparity there. And it is there's a huge gap in terms of affordability for, for certain socioeconomic, socioeconomic backgrounds. We all totally understand it. We know because there are people that aren't buying into fast fashion, but still can't afford sustainable fashion. But still, I mean, a lot of people that I've spoken about would say they don't want to shop secondhand because they don't want that. But it's just about personal personal choice and personal preference. But I think the more that we can change the majority's mindset, the better. Yes, 100%. And I think by changing the majority as well and sort of changing the fashion industry we'll get to a point where we could get to a point whereby we are able to make fashion more accessible you know um at the moment the trouble is as a small brand at the moment for example our prices will always be higher because we don't have you know but any of the bulk discounts we make everything by hand you know um and it's just it's really, really difficult, therefore, to um, to lower the price as much as possible. So we've actually um, lowered ours significantly to try and make it as accessible as possible, but it's still not accessible yeah. to everyone, you know? Um, and we do what we can, but I think it's so important, like you said, to get to a point where the fashion industry makes sustainable fashion accessible. And that's really, really important. People are in the mindset of where shopping is kind of marketed at them as a feel-good thing as something that's going to boost your confidence or make you feel better and I think it's the negative spin or the positive spin that has been put on shopping and that instant gratification of having something new and it's very um it's very toxic it's very toxic essentially so we need to change that messaging and I think the marketing needs to change because as you said buy less almost sounds like a contradiction but buying less and buying better is where messaging should be headed towards 100 you know we don't need these huge wardrobes full of clothes um and i so i mean yeah absolutely and so when it comes to our commitments like i said it's not about the one tick box it's about committing to making our business as ethical and sustainable as possible throughout the entire supply chain. So it goes to the suppliers that we work with, the components that we use, how we make it. You know, we think about everything, and um, it's hard work. Um, hard work. Know, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's really hard work, and it is more expensive. But I think you know, I couldn't, I couldn't sit here with the sort of conviction that I've got um, if we didn't live and breathe what we say. And then I think sort of that ties in then with our hope. And obviously we've just been talking about this, but it's really hoping um, because we've just 
trying to make a small difference, but hopefully the collective can come together. And certainly in terms of what we're trying to do, um, you know, uh, sort of donating to charity and things like that. And, and just going back to being transparent, you know, I think a lot of brands say, oh, we donate to charity. But actually that could be, you know, you could donate 20 pounds and say you donated to charity. And a lot of the brands also donate profit to charity, but profit is one of those things that can be manipulated. So there might not even be profit at the end of it. So we're very kind of clear, and it's not really the biggest thing that we shout about, but it's we're very clear, it's a percentage of every sale. So that way, it we're giving to charity before we actually give to ourselves. And effectively, you know, so the ones that we gave to, um, last one uh, so we do it every quarter with surface against sewage fashion revolution and annie's trust because yeah that's really really important to us you mentioned transparency and i've i mean there's been a lot of discussion over the past couple of years about transparency should it be transparency should it be ethical should it be all the different um definitions that fall within sustainability can be very confusing for the consumer yeah even just the consumer people that work in the industry i'm sure it's still a bit like well, this means this and this means that. Could you explain the difference between transparency and ethics in more specifically in a fashion business? Yeah. So for me, transparency is about being very open about your practices. Um, and sort of Fashion Revolution, they set up the um, Fashion Transparency Index and brands signed up. I would say that transparency generally is a good step towards operating better because you are showing how you operate um, and you are being more open about your practices, which means that you can be held to account a bit more. However, just being transparent doesn't mean that you're ethical or sustainable. I think with a lot of the sort of transparency issues, um, we've still got the greenwashing, we've still got the only being transparent about things that we want to be transparent about versus, you know, the don't. Um, so that's a really, really big problem with a lot of brands. Um, and then I think you've also got the issue with not having accountability. So you could be transparent about your brand, but then you could be working with a supplier who is operating completely unethically and you can say well it's nothing to do with me it's not my factory so that's why you cannot necessarily say that transparency and ethics go together um, and it's the same with sustainability for me operating ethically is actually about considering all parts of your business model to make sure that the values um, with that you're operating to actually consider the people that are in, you know, that are being affected, that also consider animals, that also consider the state of our planet, and actually trying to operate in a way where you're not just exploiting others for profit, but actually you're only taking what you have to, and then you're giving back as much as you can. Um, so for me, um, I would say that's why now I try and say ethical business as much as possible because I would say that that's what I like to think because being ethical, I think is better for, um, if you're trying to operate ethically, you tend to be sustainable, but you don't necessarily, you can be sustainable and not necessarily ethical. So it's all, it's a very confusing area for people. There's a lot of gray lines, there's yeah. a lot of blurred lines, and there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, it really is, it really is. It's, um, 
it, it, the mind boggles. That's all I can say. <laughs> so your clothing is manufactured in the UK, uh, which is a great big plus. Why is it so important that we manufacture locally? And um, so for a few reasons, um, I think firstly, for me, um, it's actually about having somewhere where you can oversee and ensure that the working conditions are right. Um, so we actually produce a lot of our stuff in-house. Then we work with another small local producer um, up in Mid Wales as well. Um, and we have now also been working more recently on our new range with um, two social enterprises. Um, so Fashion Enter and uh, Making for Change. Um, and what's really, really important is, one, I know the conditions of our studio um, are lovely. So, um, you know, it's nice and light and um, everybody's got access to anything that they need. Everyone gets paid a fair wage. You know, all of those considerations. Um, sometimes we do work late nights, but try and keep it so that it's very much nine to six and, you know, try and do that. Um, now and again we've we've worked a bit later but you know it's a real team it's a real family and I mean Anesta wouldn't be Anesta without the team they are amazing um so I am really proud that we can do that here but then by working with sort of local producers as well um we can actually go and visit them so that's how we do it so um, on Monday, um, I was actually visiting Jenny Holloway in Fashion Enter, and we were actually, you know, we can go to their factory and actually go and see and, and actually see how happy everyone is and see the conditions that they're working in and see the machinery. And, and it's so important. And uh, I'm really excited about our new um, working relationship with Making for Change because they actually work with um, Downview Prison, um, actually creating a training programme for... Um, yeah for prisoners who want to reform so they are working with women who want who are interested in this um to actually help provide them with the skills um, with the idea that when they do leave prison that they've actually got skills and potentially a network and a job to fall into so um that's really exciting i'm really excited really about that great. yeah that's really cool so yeah for me you know whereas if you just outsource it to china just outsource it to india how do you know and you could even go and visit the factory, but the likelihood is the day you visit, everything will be top notch. Oh yeah, they know that you're coming. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's about actually, at least here, we have more accountability. We can audit. We are actually being very, very um, focused on making sure the conditions are correct. And then I think, you know, obviously you've got the sort of the living wage, albeit we have, we do know that that doesn't always apply as we know with Boohoo and Leicester and sort of yeah. the issues around um, paying a living wage and then workers being forced to give back the money in cash. Yeah. Um, but I think I like to think when we work with a small producer or when we work with social enterprises and we're actually, you know, having very open discussions with them, it, 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 you can trust that actually the people are much happier the people are getting paid living wage um, and then I think the other part about manufacturing in the UK is that we actually are able to keep all of our scraps so we don't throw anything away and we are always looking so we're trying to be, be basically zero waste and we are looking for ways to utilize our fabric scraps so at the moment we are we've just um signed an agreement with surface against sewage to help them so we are using our t-shirt scraps 
and we uh, made makeup remover pads. So there'll be four in a bag and um, the proceeds from that then will go to Surface Against Sewage Ocean Recovery. So that is launching at the end of August and I'm really excited about that. So moving on to the final question. What are you doing to further the changes being made in the fashion industry? And are there any new innovations going on at Onesta that we can discuss? Yeah, so um, there are two things going on at Onesta. Um, I can't discuss one of them uh, because <laughs> right at the start, uh, the other one that we're doing, which again is at very early stages, um, but I can probably give a bit more information about, um, is looking at... Um, producing um, dyes made from waste. So at the moment, um, so we're working with Aberystwyth University, we're at the very early stages, um, but obviously dyeing is a really, is a huge problem and synthetic dyes have a lot of toxins in them. So um, we, then you've also got a lot of waste as well, and um, just generally in the UK, um, you know, a lot of food waste and things. So we are looking at working with them to try and create natural dye that can actually then be used on a commercial scale. So that's where you need scientists as well, really, because you actually need to make it, you know, you can't, at home, you could dye something, but you know, you might wash it and it might fade or you, it might run with other clothes and you can't sell that, you know, commercially. But if we can create that, then that would be available to, um, any brands really that wanted it that wanted to look into more natural dyes I think because we set up an Esther because we wanted to do something to help we wanted to create a change and so for us yes the brand is the face of it but actually we are trying to do a few things that will really actually make a difference and help um and, and so, yeah, we're really busy um, all the time, but it's great because if these do come off, then actually it does provide, you know, an alternative solution to not just us, but other brands as well. So hopefully then it will actually make a difference. Amazing. So we'll end our conversation there, but thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks so much to my guest today. I've linked the full interview in the show notes if you want to have a watch. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Sustainably Influenced. Season five of Sustainably Influenced is available to listen now on all good podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening.